Hey guys, welcome to the Big Black Clock Podcast. I'm Carl. I'm Kevin. And I'm Dimitri. So welcome back. Episode 3604. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, mm -hmm. Sounds about right. I think it is. So people who doesn't know, we record like 10 episodes a day, only keep like one a week. Yeah, I barely <laughs> have time to sleep. It's just <laughs> Most of it is just junk. Exactly. We never stop recording. It's just like there's like a camera crew that follows us all the time. Yeah, just <laughs> They're not paid. Not paid, of course. So what are we talking about today? I think we were, you know, bonifying our Instagram account. We're looking at the different pictures that are there, exploring stuff. And we noticed that Dimitri is our most experienced resident photographer. Yeah, like 99% of the pictures are from him. The other percent is from Kevin. And what I do is I answer the DMs pretty much. The hate so, mail. So all the hate mails, dick pics is right to me. And I think what, what, what sparked this was I recently bought, and I'll be talking about them later, this case uh, through a company called Moment that attaches to your phone and you can buy lenses to attach to that specific case. And with a tripod or whatever it is, you can, you can um, you know, quickly take uh, pictures. Um, and one of the lenses I have is a macro lens. So if you see some of the macro shots in our Instagram. For Kevin's dick pic. Well, you looks... need a macro lens for that, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. As much zoom as you can as get. <laughs> and... And I also bought a fifty hands. an eighteen millimeter fifty uh, uh, eighteen millimeter lens, fifty eight millimeter lens. Sorry, and um, uh, it, it gives you more uh, uh, zoom at the start, right? So it uh, it gives you a more of a DSLR feel to your pictures. Very portable. So look them up. Moment, but I'll talk about my experience with them. Experience with them, but we're also we're mostly going to be focusing on on Dimitri and and how he got into it, and then I wanted to talk a little bit about how that links to watches. Um, yeah, and <clears throat> since uh, I'm not big on photography either, I was looking in online uh, trying to find what a photograph is. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's a photograph? Your Google Images? The Those rapper, are all photographs. It's like a, it's like a what, what movie we? that that doesn't move. <laughs> <laughs> what? And there's no sound. It's um, weird. Yeah, I so I, I was looking at, I found two watches that could be useful for someone who's taking pictures uh, outside. Okay. But I'll talk that uh, a bit later, I think. That's awesome. All right, so uh, let's do a quick uh, wrist check. And what we, and what's in the news, that sort of thing. Wrist check. Go ahead, Carl. Um, today, I am wearing my CWC G10, uh, mm. my military watch, the watch that the cheapest in my collection. Not, not, not true. There's one that's like $20, but yeah, it's not in part of the collection. But the CWC, it's the... Um, How much was that, by the way? $200. Oh, $200. Okay. Canadian. You said cheapest. Uh, I'm sorry, we have different ideas of... Well, is. I have a cassette that's like $25, but after that, it's this. It right. Counts. And, right. right. Yeah. Um, On a black NATO. Yeah, that came with it. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I didn't wear it for a long time because for the last month or so, I was uh, wearing my uh, Tudor Pelagos. And I just you know, came back to it. And it's nice. Like all the scratches, all the bumps, it's so damaged. Uh, the rust uh, under the dial. It's like you dating you. It. Yes, exactly. Right. All the patina on the ends. It's um. There's a big story behind it. No water resistance. I think overall it's just nice. Uh, it's I think the I was looking into it that maybe the cheapest way to get um watch that has a lot of history behind it. Yeah. Because that one was in service for at least two years, and they survive. <laughs> right. But and you do you have an idea of where it was? So it was in service from 2006 to 2008 for the UK military Royal. The Ministry of Defense there? Yeah. So in what war they're participating in 06 well, to 08? Okay. I would 
Who could I be would just guess Afghanistan. Yeah, it could be just somewhere in the so, Middle East there uh, on a base. Doesn't there's a lot of doesn't deployed there. Then. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So maybe it was in Af- Afghanistan. Who knows, right? I would I would suggest looking at CWC site. They have for about ten pounds. Uh, their admiral. It's called the Phoenix Admiralty. Is the name of the color Admiralty Gray. And uh, I think they would look killer on that watch. Yeah, for sure. That, that's the uh, the NATO that came with it. Yeah, but From it could the, be the guy who sold it for you. Doesn't? It, I, I know, I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Did you um, somehow research by the serial number to find out maybe that s- serial number range was issued so at that time the, and, and the sent serial to number? Certain location. I, I looked into it. I have the yeah. information, and uh, it pretty much just said that uh, NATO spec uh, was delivered for the like um, the Ministry of Defense of the UK and what date? Okay, that's okay. it, right? Um, but yeah, so no, I already have the information of the. Uh, Chill number. What is the original water resistance on this? Five. Five hundred? Eight, 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 eight ATM. ATM. Oh, so five ATM. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's decent. Yeah. The That'll get the, you around. The, the, the shop where I bought it from is in shop is in Edinburgh, UK. And uh, I forgot the name, but they only sell CWC. And they restored them. And when they sold it to me, they like... Get out. Really? And then yeah. you sell uh, used only? Yeah, it's all it's all refurbished watch and oh, stuff like cool. that. That's yeah. awesome. What's the name of the shop again? I forgot. I have to. Let's look into um, it. we'll we'll post it in our uh, um, episode summary. Yeah, and because uh, I'm curious as yeah, well. It made like me laugh because when they like sent it to me like on the post too, right? It was like bold, like f- almost flashing, saying like it's not water resistant, water resistant anymore. Like don't go into water with it. <laughs> we can't certify it. Anymore. Yeah, no, right, right. right. So, um, but yeah, at the same time, like that watch, you can open it with like a a coin. Yeah, pretty much. So that's cool. Do much with it for water stuff. That's cool. But yeah, you know, I think I, you know, at that price, I would probably go for something like that over a cheap quartz that you can find that looks like that, right? Yeah, looks like a you know just get the real thing. Yeah, it's on the smaller side, so it's not for everyone either, right? <clears throat> it's like for me, it's limit. I f- I feel like I it is be, limit. What is that? Uh, size wise, yeah, I agree. What is it's, that it's in diameter? Small. It looks like a 33 or 30, no, sorry, 35, oh. 35 maybe? Yeah, I think yeah. 36. 36, I think. Yeah. 36 it's, it's is, It's really yeah. on the like, smart size. Like, the NATO is as big as... <laughs> I, I agree with you 100%. It isn't, sorry, isn't the, the Hamilton Khaki Field Mechanical the same exact size, also 36? 38. Is it 38? They have a 38. 38, yeah. eh? Okay, so it's so a little bit larger. But yeah. the, the logs are longer, so it kind of takes more yeah. space on your wrist. And uh, yeah, this is uh, welded uh, bars, too. That's cool. Nice. On this one. So yeah. they're uh, all crooked. When you remove the strap, it, they're not straight. <laughs> Yeah, we'll put a link to the store. I, I I like that. I like that it's welded bars. It really, really is very authentic. So, what are you wearing, Kevin? I'm gonna go last. Well, I, I want oh, to talk wow, about. Oh wow, okay. Shh, shh, Fine, I'll talk about shh, what I'm no, wearing, no, but I want I want to talk no, about something right in the you news. You said you're gonna go last. Dima, <laughs> what are you wearing? Oh, uh, um, I mean, this is uh, a joy. Happen occasion. often, better, but shh, I go last. But I've managed to actually get a new watch. You yeah, right? it. so added it to my four watch collection. Now I have five. Uh, well, five. Uh, there's three more, and a half. There's more story about that. Uh, three and a half. <laughs> uh, but I, I finally managed to snipe the uh, the Casio. So that's the new Casio G-Shock that came out that has an analog uh, display. The GA twenty one hundred. GA twenty one hundred one A one, the black, all black um, um, uh, version. Uh, it came out about I think about a year ago. I think about uh, the end of last year, something like that. And as soon as it came out, uh, like they couldn't produce enough to to be able to 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 make them available because they were selling out immediately. So there's lineups everywhere. They used to uh, G-Shock Canada used to have a, a raffle every few months, right? So you sign up and then you just hope to win to buy, right? Uh, and you can always buy them. You can always buy them in the secondary market, but the problem is that it's like four times the price. Yeah. 
Uh, so I, I was I was monitoring the you know I was monitoring the interrupts once in a while and then I got lucky I found a store in Vancouver that you know got an inventory and I was like oh my god I can't believe it like I I wasn't I never even heard of the store before so I I was kind of hoping that it wasn't like uh, fake right yeah and when you buy it told me that hey you know there's no refunds there's no returns nothing so I'm like you know what I'm paying MSRP and I'm like MSRP is. 130 Canadian plus shipping plus tax. So it's like about 160 bucks I paid. Did you give them your social security number? <laughs> no, I, no. <laughs> no, I give them yours. Yeah, yeah, come on. I have all of yours. It's fine. Um, so yeah, I'm wearing it now. I mean, like I, I just got it and I'm very happy because I'm a big fan of uh, the regular G-Shock. But this one, I think, is an upgrade because it, it is. it looks... It's it's quite a bit thinner. I think it's, it's maybe, more elegant. I think it's a bit. It's it's a lot more elegant, and it. it, it I think it's a, a lot thinner. It, it's like a millimeter and a half at least thinner than the regular G-Shock, and it's very noticeable. Apart from that, it's exactly the same. Yeah, uh, I like that. It's way more. Um, not classy. It is elegant. It is more elegant. More elegant. It it's still looked like a G-Shock. Torn down. It is elegant. Right? Like like. This is a watch that, yeah, for sure, you're going to wear in the summer with, like, shorts and, you know, you go to the beach or something, right? But at the same time, this is something that you can probably wear with a, t- with a shirt, right? If you're going somewhere casual. Yeah. So, it, it, it's, it's a little more versatile than the regular G-Shock. And I'm, you know, very happy with it. I, you know, in terms of quality, the looks, it, it, it's a beautiful watch. Um, a, 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 another noticeable thing on it is that they've started putting um, quick release uh, yeah. uh, on the on the the, the on the strap Depends. itself, right? So I'm assuming that there's going to be either official Casio, let's say, straps, or maybe NATO's or whatever that 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 will be released later. Or if you want to mod it, you can easily do it yourself. Um, yeah, very happy with it. Very happy with it. And uh, cool, man. Anyway, if you ever want to sell it, we I already have someone on their Instagram one. Actually, you need to take a look at what I just sent you. I found the Casio on that combi bracelet that I have on my G-Shock. It is, I think, it would be such a killer if you could get that cool. bracelet. It, it would cool. look on so the, great. What bracelet? The combi bracelet. So it's the G-Shock. It's just a combination bracelet. It's a combination of resin, which is their plastic that yep. they have on their G-Shock, and some metal. It's kind of. It, it, it would. It, it kind of looks like halfway towards the stainless steel, right? Between rubber and stainless steel. Right. So it looks like like it is resin, but it has that the stainless child steel of a rubber band feel, right? I, it just <laughs> makes it so much less cheap feeling, the G-Shock. So I'm holding one right now on my uh, uh, G-Shock. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's, it's cool. Um, it's a killer. If you can cool, just get a bracelet like that. We will um, put another link in the, uh, in the episode summary just to, for people to see. We'll put the, his Casio next to mine so you can see what the bracelet would look like, but... I think it's a killer. Seriously, really underrated combi bracelet. And I know it's the price of the watch. The thing is like 60 bucks, 70 bucks, because you can get a G-Shock for almost a little bit more, right? But it, it's really worth it. I really or even less sometimes. Even less. But I think it, it really is worth it. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, I'm quite happy with it. I'm going to be wearing it for a while. I'm, uh, I'm you know, very... I, I really love my regular G-Shock that I have, and this is an upgrade. So imagine how much more... I mean, at that price, just time. For that over. price, I got to say, though, uh, for everybody who's listening, do not pay over the market, uh, no. the, the MSRP. E- for ever, much. even if it's for a Rolex. Yeah, I agree. Because, I agree. Because as much as it's a cool watch, it is not worth your money to spend more than $130 or uh, $100 US that it costs. Right. Yeah, the, the only time you pay more than the MSRP is if you buy it from me. <laughs> but well, um silence. okay so uh yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah i'm done uh, kevin that's your turn <laughs> so <laughs> <Completely> ignoring <laughs> yeah <laughs> the joke <laughs> the so joke. 
So really quickly, I'm just wearing, um, and it's on the Instagram account, guys, is this Seiko 6309. It's 1984, so it's the year I was born. Um, on a gray... God, you're old. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're old. <laughs> when were you born, Dima? Well, it's your turn, turn to talk. So. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> I'm not rude. So 6309, 1984, so on a um, gray Phoenix uh, NATO strap. So it, it really, I think, is a... I've been been able to take it off all week. Really, it is a beautiful it. color, and I would oh, yeah. like for you to tell me where'd you get that strap because I might get it for one of my. Uh... Actually, you know what? I think a, a sumo will look great on it. Oh yeah, as well. definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's so it's subdued that gray. Yeah, it's a gray. Uh, I think I got this strap. Uh, it was CWC. God, that's a beautiful Seiko. Yeah. I want one like that too. If you can look them up, there's still a good time to get them. The sixty three nine just had it serviced. Um, I love I love how like I mean I mean I remember how you told me when you got it got yourself that the, the birth watch right yeah and I started looking for like what else can I get that's not exactly the same that's, in 1984. Uh, 90, 1984. Well, okay, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, it has matter. to be something interesting, not just Turquoise. Yeah, I would look at the old Seiko, some of those old Seikos, or some old uh, Breitlings know. that are really cool. You know, there's some old yeah. old tags even. They have some really cool uh, old Omegas. Yeah, I have to wait because B, if I look for a birth watch, is like still like new old stock. Yeah, what year is yours? Nineteen ninety four. Three. Jesus, <laughs> ninety three. There's some good stuff out there. You get some old blues. Anyway, what I wanted to share was, I saw something in the news I thought was really cool, and uh, in terms of sustainability, and it has to do with um, now Breitling is moving away from giving out boxes and papers. And one of the things that I thought were really what's really interesting about this is that when you're shopping for a watch on Chrono Twenty Four, one of these things, you have the option of selecting I want it with original boxes or yeah. with original papers or one or the other, or none. And it seems that, just to, traditionally speaking, the value seems to go down, when, or the value seems to be almost a little bit higher when you can have these. So what Breitling is doing is eliminating that entirely. They're using blockchain technology that's going to allow them to now register watches, their current lineup, the current watches since 2016 or something, and after 2021, all the older ones as well, to now allow you to have your watch registered into this uh well, blockchain is a public ledger, right? It's a digital mm-hmm. ledger that allows it. So it'll, it'll allow you to make sure that your transaction is stored in blockchain and, and therefore you'll never be, uh, you know, in danger of, of what happens if I lose my papers and my boxes. Right. And I think it's also good for the, they were saying for the environment, having extra papers, or it's just going to digitize everything, which I think is really cool. Yeah, so, it is very cool. So, and then it also, it also probably helps you on your uh, secondary market, right? When yeah. you sell your old watch, you can always prove that it's authentic. And exactly. Right? And it's like, and, and as buyers, it'll yes. be really and great. Be safe. You can service you can it for protect no, yourself no problem, from right? You can protect yourself from uh, buying a fake watch. Right. Like Panerai, I'll be very honest, I was reading, you read a lot about how there's a lot of fake Panerais out there. So the first thing you ever read is never buy unless you're, you have an AD that you can bring the watch to. They go, it's never buy a used Panerai. Really? Because unless, from like a unless they have the papers that you... Reputable uh, no, no, an AD uh, or a reputable place that you can or, say guarantee... Or do you see the movement? But you got to take the movement to get checked. Some of them are... But you know what? Have you like, seen how good they are? Exactly. I was watching, uh, I can't remember, I think it was a Watchfinder video where they got... Uh, a fake super uh, submariner or a GMT master, and they were showing a super clone. They, were sh- they opened up the back, and like, same thing. It's, it looks the same. Yeah. If you're not a like a, a an expert in that specific watch, you, it's going to be difficult for you yeah. to figure so what out you're if saying, it's fake or not. What you're saying is right. Like I've been to China, and you see on the street, you go to you see China, 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 China. It's from China. <laughs> um, you go to uh, on the street. They have a lot of tags. You know, tag hoyers and so, and they're automatic stuff. If you open up the movement, they don't put the time in. They're selling those for twenty bucks. I'm talking about a five thousand, six thousand dollar watch. Right. You can get a super clone for about seven, eight hundred bucks. 
Like that's not chump change. You're paying a fake watch 800 bucks, but it is like, it is, it is barely noticeable. Yeah. yeah it's, that's crazy. They all like reverse engineer a proper move, like Rolex movement, right? And then... And that's the first comment you it. see on the YouTube when they... On the YouTube. On the YouTube. So like my dad. <laughs> when they look at the like the super... The they look at a super fake versus a, a realistic one. And the first comment is he goes, great, now the, those companies have now learned <laughs> what the differences <laughs> are. They're going to make it even better. Yeah. But anyway, I saw that article. I was like for... It's just so... Breitling, you said, right? Breitling was the, the one I read that yeah. they came out um, with that. So they're pretty much doing what the automotive business has been doing for the last 20 years. Okay. Because you can access all your time the cars went to a body shop, to a, a dealership. Right. All Unless things. you don't bring it to the dealership, right? Right. Unless you don't bring it to the dealership. The same reason that if Uncle that building is sold thing. three times, but nobody said it was sold only those three times, right? right? But the same reason that right now, when you have a recall in your car, even if you didn't buy it new, you're still going to receive the litter from yeah. the by the mail no warranty. because they know you have the car right? right so it's the same thing it just they took that from maybe not the same it's not copy paste but it's a technology I think it's very in line with the millennials now where it's very yeah. environmentally conscious where you digitizing it it's going to allow us to really I, i'm still a little bit lost as to uh, as to why aren't all watchmakers making you register your watch with the serial number as you purchase it what they- making you how could they make you well why why not to, to make sure that you can honor your warranty let's say you they, have to register your serial number with the manufacturer right so that such that in the future when this watch becomes goes on the used market you will always have the ability to prove that it's try. an authentic watch right i think they try like i buy from an ad and they'll take down the serial number and then they'll go register it yeah that's why i hope they did it with my tutor at least they did because your yeah, tutor the card right not even the card every watch every tutor watch comes with that weird qr, QR code stuck on the for, watch um, it's for how they scan it through, but they, they did it even with my, my Hoyer. They take their phone and they scan the QR code and they registered okay. your watch okay. with the yeah. manufacturer. But it's when you buy it new, right? When well, you buy it new. But I don't know how that works on the gray market. Because let's say let's say for an iPhone, right? You get an iPhone, no matter where, you can always go online and check the serial number of that phone, right? With the status, the whatever, the warranty expired, blah, blah, blah. With a watch, I can't. For example, my Speedmaster, if you go online to Omega, but that's not the I, same. I can't check. Your if phone my watch is, is authentic, right? Your phone to, has like that IMEI or that Mac address. That sure. Constantly connecting to the cloud, right? Sure, Using but the services. serial number could be is stamped on the watch, right? Right. You can't yeah. really fake it. Yeah. And not every watch. I mean, you can, but it's not. It's not every watch be, is serialized. Well, that's a because that sometimes happens. What what they do sometimes is they they have lots, so they go. We've released five hundred watches it comes from this lot this batch yeah but not every watch is necessarily serialized like cwc does and their last 500 watches by the 325 and they were mm. they're still, well, they're high spec still fighting yeah yeah but i, w- I was speak because i want i was actually you wanted one wanted to pull it yeah but the thing is that the one i would want is that royal navy diver that's like two thousand pounds but yeah. anyway i think it's really good i think it's great from um from a tech, like a, yeah. a, a progressive perspective, I think it's going to make buying a lot more fun uh, for people who are a little bit more scared. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I agree with you 100%. Because I'm scared. Like I, As much as I love watches, I still love used watches, but I, I don't think I'll ever buy a used watch from anywhere other than like a reputable used uh, watch uh, <laughs> uh, store. <laughs> buy from Ken. Yeah. yeah. Um, l- last little tangent before we go on to um, the photography episode. Um, we were talking about fake watches earlier. Yeah. And... Um, First time I went into New York, I was in high school. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, Gabriel, he's like had a list of things I want to do in New York, and one of those things Canal was Street. buy a fake Street, yeah. of Canal something. Street. 
Yeah. Right? It's it's funny. Like, sorry, yeah. Sorry, I'm interrupting. But like funny, the first time I went to New York, I was like, I want to go to Canal Street <laughs> and see like <laughs> what kind of crazy Rolexes that they can yeah. throw at me, right? So he, the thing is, uh, he's like, I want to buy something fake from New York. Like I need to do that, right? So we're in New York, we're walking. We find someone who's selling watches. And like we know they're fake. And find a Rolex, like a sub with a date. So I don't know, I don't remember, but he paid something stupid like 60 bucks. Yeah. Right? That one you don't open the movement. <laughs> no, no, no. But what what was really funny is is I, we went to New York. It was end of the month, and so it was like the thirty first. And when we switched to the first, the watch went thirty thirty second. <laughs> it's, a, it's a perpetual movement, guys. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's that so was good. the best that thing was ever. The, best. the watch had thirty two days in it. Oh, it's that so was actually good. super funny. That's hilarious. Oh, that's so good. That, is that was the best. That was watch. Actually super Did he get his money back? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no. Refund. But uh, yeah, store store it. A sub with thirty two days. But in I, it. but it was like that when I was in Shanghai. Uh, last piece when I was in the stores, they have those fake watches, and then they go, and because over there it's illegal, and then they go. If they notice that they you're not a cop, they'll show you a back room, and the back room has the higher quality fakes or the stolen right. shit. I think it's the same on, on, the, yeah. on the Canal Street. I, I've never been Canal where they want to show me something in the back, right? Because they will, they will approach you in the street and try to sell something, but yeah. they're like, "Hey, yeah. I'm, if you want to look for high quality, you have to go in, go inside, into the, yeah, in yeah. the back." Anyway, that was just a, a fun. It's fun story there. Oh, Thirty-two sorry. days on a watch. So it's a great story. photography. We have a couple of questions, I think, or ideas to well, talk about. No? Yeah, so. I, I guess this episode is a bit of a tangent, tangent episode mm-hmm. where we're kind of deviating a little yeah, bit from maybe watches. Bonus, we'll see you at the post-production. And we were focusing more on just photography as the as a hobby, right? And, you know, uh, our Instagram page is we were, were learning how to take better pictures. And I think uh, this kind of the idea for this topic came up and then we decided, hey, let's not just talk about watches and do a little bit of a tangent. And no, uh, Lina, we like this. photography. Yeah, and it's fun. I, uh, I mean, obviously it is fun because I'm, I'm biased here. Uh, so you guys have prepared a bunch of questions, right? And this is kind of questions about just, you know, general photography, how you get into photography, what gear do you have and so on. So maybe let's just do that and start somewhere very generic, very general, and then go to more details and then discuss okay. as, we, uh, like as we go through it. Perfect. So the thing is, is that to start, I think I've gotten the inverse of Dimitri. So you were into photography before you got into watches. Yes. And what, what was the trigger that got you into photography specifically? Um, I don't think it was a particular trigger. Kind of like, well, I mean, for watches, I guess I can identify a trigger, but for uh, Maybe photography, not an exact trigger, but like certain things that occur and that really got you in. Was it like, oh, I started... I, I've noticed that, you know, like as, as let's say, cell phones started to uh, evolve and we went from regular, like a two line of text uh, cell phones to smartphones, right? And everybody had a camera and the cameras started to become decent such that you can take pictures and they're like good quality pictures, right? People started taking pictures left and right like crazy, right? And the problem is that most people don't know how to take photos. So when they take those pictures, they look at them when they take them, but then give it a month or so, they, they eventually forget about it. I kind of think of them as like junk photos, right? They just they just disappear. You so like, so your the first step was I want to look down on people who take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show them. Well <laughs> it doesn't have to do with other people. Um like the first step was basically and I was doing the same thing, right? I was taking a lot of photos. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Like there's a lot of cool moments that we've had and you know, among friends and family and stuff that 
you take pictures off and then you know sometimes you go back but the thing is you look at those photos and they just don't appeal to you like it's just like yeah people posing for a picture in front of like some monument or whatever right when you go on a, a, a travel there is nothing to that picture that makes it stand out right and then because at the same time we're taking a lot of different photos and you know also you look at other people's photos you occasionally see pictures where it's like like you know that, that picture just pops like it just stands out i'm like my god i just want to keep looking at that photo right and it, like look at any professionally taken uh, picture or like um uh, photos let's say that win pulitzer prize right like you look at those photos they just like they captivate you you just keep staring at the photo because there's yeah. something about it so i started to kind of gradually notice that aspect more and more but i couldn't quantify it in my head i'm like well something just attracts me to a picture right something about this picture is better than the others and I find that if it's a good picture, you start going back to it after. So it's a memory that you want to keep uh, kind of um, re-experiencing as you, as you look at the picture. Um, I have... But can you experience that picture, that memory, even if the picture isn't great? Yeah, but the thing is, you never feel the... You, you never... I, I feel like I, you never... You don't feel the same, let's say... As interesting, Interest right? in going back and looking at that picture if it's not a good quality picture. Oh, that's interesting. So like like you take a lot of different pictures, but like a lot of times like yeah it's a cool picture like it was a good moment, but it's not the picture itself, right? It's it's kind of like yeah there was a good story behind that. But the, I was thinking of the stupidest thing to say. I was like, what are we living but moments? <laughs> but, okay, and no, I'll be honest, I, I'll, I'll remove that. And I'll be honest, like <laughs> me me what I think about that is we'll um, a bad picture <laughs> or a bad video, right? You remember it and then be happy, like oh that moment was really nice and just live back that moment right but with a good pictures or a good video you can make other people live that moment too better at least yeah mm. yeah right? exactly mm. and then <clears throat> exactly so i find that there, I, started, i started to kind of think that you know there's a value in knowing like how to take a good photo because because especially now in the digital age that photo is going to stay your with you your lifetime right so mm -hmm. you can always go back and look at that picture and obviously if it's done nicely it, it kind of stands out and you know it, i guess for somebody who's visual it's easier to explain But like if a photo pops, I feel like it gives you more emotion, let's say. Like it gives me more pleasure looking at a picture than just whatever, than a regular picture. Like I have probably thousands and thousands of pictures that I've taken with my iPhone, right? And like maybe 80% of them are garbage. And I probably delete them a lot. Just I just like, yeah, I didn't even notice them. Yeah, I, I think that could be nice. We'll probably have like a bonus post on our Instagram with some of your pictures that you took some on yeah, trips. Yeah, I, I mean, could I could nice. post a few like uh, selected ones that I think that are very cool. Um, so yeah, this is, I mean, this is, I think, uh, a tangent. And then, you know what, like at some point I was able to kind of understand, oh, okay, so that's, that's why I like them is because they're like better, there's a, they're taken by somebody who knows better. I mean, obviously there's luck, right? Sometimes you just take a lot of pictures and one of them just comes out amazing. Uh, but like it, it, there's a value in learning how to take good pictures and also having the, the instruments to take a good photo. So I, I'm good. I kind of went differently. I felt that a lot of the pictures I've always had were never the best quality. It wasn't something I was ever good at or understanding. Um, and now I'm getting more into photography, starting to understand. And I think it was a little bit different. What I think got me into photography, specifically around watches, was that watches didn't make me feel anything in terms of a memory or... Um, Uh, how could I say, an experience. When I would right. see great pictures of watches on Instagram, when I see what you've been taking for our Instagram, or when I see uh, what um, 
even my brother who's a, a big photographer for like he's been into photography before he was in watches but he would always take pictures when we'd, we'd have family events i'd be like fuck man that's great quality picture right but i think it's it's watches are just like these you know little commodities that we have they're frivolous expenses and i think that without any judgment we're able to just take pictures of watches and, and just enjoy them for what they are without pretension without anything that's what that's what i find fun and i think that's that's what's cool and, and i'll be honest I, i that's why i actually have a huge disdain seeing celebrities in promos wearing the watches because no celebrity makes me want to buy a watch more but the pictures that sometimes they take are fucking awesome the way they put them in certain light i'm like that is yeah. really cool and a good example is when i see hodinki who at the base they're yeah. great photographers yeah. they could take a very affordable cheap watch and, and make, it, make look it look amazing like the most yeah. unique there's a lot incredible. of post in there by the way it's a lot of oh Photoshop a lot behind. a lot yeah the composition hey, and how they isolate like, the actual watch and remember that guy who was caught selling a guy from australia who was caught selling fake rolexes to people and he disappeared he had the most fantastic uh, youtube channel where he had macro shots like videos of watches there were like no other channel similarly to watch finder It was Horology House. Oh, yeah, and he got, so he got in trouble. Guy. No, but I, I don't think he was on, just... I think he just got caught in his store selling uh, a fake. Well, and he then sold he was a Rolex honoring. to a guy and then yeah. he wasn't But it wasn't that all of them were fake. It was just... Well, I think it was at he's like two guaranteed. or three stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and apparently people came up and they're like... Selling like I think it was like a Daytona or something he sold to a yeah, guy. And like he was a, like... And he was and he were fighting back. Uh, that was the, the thing. He was like, no, it's, it's not a fake. And you don't know what you're talking about. The person's like, I know what I'm talking about. So yeah, I agree. Like Watchfinder, right? Their the, their videos. I mean, okay, the the voiceover is fantastic, but the, just the presentation. It's, well, it's I've watched that. Thing. I watched it's that thing amazing. on silence on mute. Watchfinder and the videos are great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Forget the voice. The presentation is fantastic, but the videos themselves are amazing yeah. also, right? Yeah. So, but um, I think proper photography makes, it, makes a huge difference. Is able to take something so, I think, you know, expressionless. Right. as a watch exactly. as a static object and make it really great while what you were talking about taking pictures of moments I think that the moment itself can speak volumes the, even regardless well, of but the, 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 I think the complexity is, is being able to capture the moment because if you just take a picture oh, yeah. of something it, it doesn't maybe you might not be able to capture the moment right and it, I'll, I'll touch about it later like it, it, it also it, it's a lot about when you take pictures of people but does it offend you then to see for example I've seen these things on Imager where they're like taking a picture of someone or and then they kind of show how it's done and it's like they're in a field in grass when they're making it seem like they're, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, this water gets splashed but it's just like a, some guy who just throws water in the air. Well, it's, do, it do, is art. Like, it, it is yeah. art. It doesn't, like, it would offend me if they try to push it as like a, 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 a genuine moment. A genuine moment mm. Right? Like, and again, I'm going to uh, half the population here who is listening, like every single photo that, let's say, uh, let's say people take on Instagram that they call candid Yeah. is like super fake, right? Like, I'm not going to say who, you know, usually does that, but like, All you, have, <laughs> you have people that take pictures, they purposely look away from the photo to make it look like they were not aware that there been a, a photo has been taken off, but, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, that is a little annoying. But again, like, they look better. There's a reason why people do that. Pe photos like this look better. They, more, they look more genuine. Um, but I, like, you know, there's a lot of, let's say, there are a lot of channels on the internet that, There's, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called People of New York or something. There's a channel on Flickr. Like, there's a story. They, they go up to people. They take pictures of people in the street and then they interview them. And then they write a little story. It's cool. 
because they just like take like real candid photos of people and then it's it, and it, it it captures it captures emotion i find it, it captures yeah. like the captures character the of the person and a moment well a moment for sure because that's what a photography photo does right but well, i find but that like with the story too right a good photo somehow and it's hard to like it's difficult to explain that a good photo is able to capture like a story or a mo- like i don't want to say a moment yeah a moment of time but yes but it captures a story it captures an emotion right it it, it transfers a lot more than just a photograph, a picture. Iman of New York is one dude, by the way, and he came. He was in Montreal two summers ago. Okay, so it was cool. Iman yeah, it's, in Montreal. That's yeah. very cool. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So uh, that's that's it. So now you got into watches. Do you? Did you? When you got into watches, see any link between it? The way. I'm like getting into photography because of watches. And I'll be honest, I feel like it's a, a hobby within a hobby. Do you know what I mean? I'm kind of like, hey, I'm, I, I have a hobby of watches and now I'm starting to get into photography because of this hobby, because um, I'm photographing watches. Photog- prob- there probably is a connection, but it's like anything else. Like once you're starting to become an enthusiast, the devil's in the details, right? Like for watches, once you become an enthusiast, you, you care about look like the smallest little things about the history of a watch or uh, a little like little tiny Morse code on the second hand or like any any anything or or like a particular way they they call the references number because it's a reference to something else, right? In history, history, like all those little things you become very aware of, right? And then they kind of add up. For photography, it's very similar because once you understand, let's say, some of the basics of taking uh, photos. You start to you start to notice them more, right? When you look at other pictures, and you start, oh, okay, and I see, like this photo is amazing, and you kind of you're able to um, identify. Let's say if you look at a, just a general generic photo somewhere, you're able to identify better what makes that specific photo a good photo, and then like, oh yeah, I'm gonna apply that next time when I take mine, mm. right? It, whereas in watches, when you don't know anything about them, mm. and same for photos, right? You don't really know what to look for. You don't understand how to distinguish a good one from a bad one. You might have a feeling that this one is a nicer watch, let's say, but you don't know why. You can't explain to yourself. So tell us, how can you educate yourself on, you know, taking better pictures? Well, I think for me, it's just trial and error. Just take and take and take. Take as many pictures as you can, mm-hmm. really. Like, like, I've never really uh, taken classes for this. I, I've read a lot of stuff on the, on the internet, obviously, but... You just take a lot of pictures. Just take and take and take a lot of pictures. And then eventually you start seeing why one looks better. And they're like, hey, why does this one look better than this one? And then you start, you have to do a little bit of research to understand the basics of photography. For photography, and I, I've, I've, actually, I've actually wrote down a few things here. Just to kind of, just some basic tips I think that are valuable for somebody who's getting into taking photography that you have to think of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, for sure, uh, the light is like the most important thing. Right. Uh, with no good light, you will never g- take a good picture. It's very difficult, right? You have to have good light. The um, uh, in the photography world, they use the 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 golden hour term, which is basically the amount of time from sunrise until the sun is completely up, right? When everything is when the shadows are long and the sun is at an angle, so everything is like orange. See, similarly, right before sunset, it's the same thing. Because like the light is fantastic during the time, like you can take a picture of like I don't know a fire extinguisher and it looks amazing just because of the light. Um, so that, I was, I like to follow, um, and this I'll make the link to watches. So 
who's killing it this year is Ming, right? Ming watches, and it started that he's a photographer, right? At la base, right. at the at, at, at the at the at the start, this guy's a photographer, and he's I was a professional reading. photographer, right? Very and very a professional cool. watchmaker. Yeah, I'm nothing, but he's. <laughs> 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 but he was talking about. Um, the four things that make an excellent photograph right. and the first thing he was talking about was light and yeah. the importance yeah, yeah, of, sure. of uh, shadows within light as well so that's your golden hour that you're talking about and he starts getting to like subject and isolation you can, and composition. you can fake light obviously yeah. uh, right you don't necessarily like golden hour obviously is important when you're taking photos outside but right. if, you're, if you're in um, at home let's say you, but photo composition is super important so that's what's composition then so like whenever you take a, a picture of something you need to understand. So let's say you're taking a picture of a watch, right? You, the watch is your subject, right? It depends on... You need to kind of have an idea where is it going to be placed in the picture? What's going to be around it? What's going to be in the background? You need to make sure that things are contrasting. You need to make sure that there's something else to add to the total, let's say, package or the total value of the whole photograph. So... Negative space, right? No, I think it's That's like... The you, only you, word you, I add, know. you add <laughs> objects in, in space... Around the, your your uh, subject to generate interest, but you don't necessarily have to add objects. Yeah. It just has to be contrasting. Contrasting, hundred percent. Your subject has to be super clearly visible as compared to, to everything putting else. a watch on a rock and like there's like right uh, there's maybe like water trickling right. down. The watch is the figure, but you know you know like we've taken a, a picture recently and I think it worked out very well because we took your stainless steel squale right and put it on, on grass. Yeah perfect it was very simple there's nothing else it's just grass and the watch but it's so contrasting it looks like it pops whereas if we took let's say the grass uh, would be part of the composition of it exactly. and the, water. We took the same watch you put it on the asphalt and it's not going to look nice just yeah. because it's almost the same color so that's equally important oh 100 well, i mean if all of those things are super important and what else is there well like there's a very common term right when you take a picture of something uh there's like uh, modern cameras have that uh the one that I use the most is the rule of thirds, right? So if you take your camera screen, yes, and you divide it into it, it you divide it into let's say into nine squares, right? Um, so whenever you take a picture, if I take a picture of a person, right, you can never have the the that person should never be in the center. You should always be on the side. So why it's called rule of thirds? It should be one in one of the corners. One of the one of these well, quadrants. Not, uh, these yeah, yeah. In sections of exactly, three. Okay, exactly. So it has to be let's say like. And, and this is something very basic, especially like if you're going on travel and like with somebody and then they are, hey, take a picture of me in front of something. Like you should never take a picture of them being in the middle of, right? They should be on the side, but then you have to compose your image better because if you're taking a picture in front of like a, a monument or something, make sure you can see the monument clearly and also the person. Because when you look at that picture, if you just see the person, it doesn't, it's like, I'll give an example of a good friend of mine that we went traveling with and he, he was taking a lot of photos and he gave me his USB drive and I copied them because I wanted to see like, you know, photos that are good. It's like 1,400 photos. About 1,200 of them were selfies. And I was like, yeah, it's just... <laughs> threw everything out. <laughs> threw like all of it out. I, I want to say I got tired at some point. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to just delete everything. I'm not going to go for 1,400. <laughs> That's a lot of pictures. So, so that makes a difference um the rest were all dick pics also oh well, yeah, that's it that's it that's, that's what i call selfies. 1200 dick pics <laughs> 200 yeah. let's get he took so many they're all for me um so you know rule of thirds um i would say and this is very interesting it's it's a whole different thing like when you take people uh, i think when you take photos of people i think the best way to do it is candid when they actually don't see right i mean the the photos won't always come out good, right? The, especially people who are not very photogenic, 
but when they do, they will look amazing because you don't just capture at the moment. You capture like raw emotion on that person, right? Because when you when they pose for photos, they smile. It's it's yeah. fake. Mm-hmm. So that that's another thing. And I would say. Uh, the rule of thirds when you have to make sure that your subject is not in the middle it's kind of on the side there's all the, there's a lot of other types of patterns geometri- geometrical patterns that people use to kind of compose their photos better and uh, I mean I don't I'm not going to talk about them now because it's it's very detailed um, but I, I I personally I really love symmetry in photos so you can de- you can take photos with the subject in the middle as long as the rest of the uh, frame is perfectly symmetrical right so everything in, is, is in perfect symmetry and I, I actually might I think I'm gonna I'm gonna post one of those photos on the Instagram when I was in London you have the London Eye right the huge um, uh, what's it called uh, Ferris wheel right yep so we went there because we wanted to see maybe we can go up the lineup was insane it was like f- I don't know four hours of wait I was like no I'm not that much of a tourist to do this so instead I went up right under the Ferris wheel and I took a picture directly above Hopskirt yeah, exactly, upskirt of the Ferris wheel, the largest Ferris wheel, I'd say. <laughs> uh, and it went, it came out perfectly symmetrical. So, like my my photo has the Ferris wheel that was I was standing right in the middle. Everything was perfectly symmetrical with the blue sky above it. I think it looks fantastic. But again, it depends on the person because I myself I ro- I love perfect symmetry in photos. And if I if I find like, a situation where there is a potential for such a photo, I always take it. No, it's not not for everybody. But it is a thing. Yeah, and then you got to look but, for patterns. On that, I want to yeah. ask you something. So I, <clears throat> when I was doing research in, in my early learnings about photography, one of the things that what I was also reading about is that in photography, not everything has to tell a story. And sometimes that's almost that's harder as well sometimes because you want to isolate your subject so yes. well that you're 100%. just kind of saying i just want to show this subject and i don't want, i don't want to distra- distract with anything yes. else and i want i don't want it to necessarily tell a story i just want you to focus on yes. what i'm taking the subject exactly and that's part of the composition and you know it's one of the points i also mentioned is that simplicity mm-hmm. so simplicity meaning try to make sure you don't have too much too many things going on out of control cuz that's going to take away from the quality of the photo Noisy. if you can take a picture where your subject is super contrasting and there's not a lot of things that are distracting that you can focus on that uh, subject, it's it's probably going to come out better than if it's a crowded area or if there's a lot of other things going on that are distracting. Where do you, it's easy do you take your camera everywhere you go? Uh, no. I mean, my camera is pretty large. No, I try to. Like in the summer, I mean, I do occasionally go. Like, uh, I mean, I go for walks and sometimes I take my camera. Right? If it's a nice... If it's a nice day and you can see it's going to be a nice evening with a lot of colors, yeah, I've done it before. Um, but no, not everywhere I go. It's not as portable, unfortunately. Like like the thing that you bought for your phone, right? It's very portable. Yeah, it is very portable. Well, that's the, that's yeah. the advantage. But it's um, it, it's cool, yeah. It, that's the yeah. advantage. It, it's a commitment if you bring your camera, right? It's a bit of a commitment, yes. You're going to want to use that camera. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. when I go travel, I make, I make it a point. I bring it everywhere because you never know. Like, yeah. Again, like you can't... Like you can never predict a good photo. You can just it's it's all trial and error, right? You can you can see an opportunity and if you have a good eye, and to be honest, like you don't like I don't have a good eye. Like it's not like I can know in advance that this photo is gonna be amazing. I kind of you train it and eventually you kind of start seeing, okay, maybe this could look good, right? And then you take a picture, maybe take but five pictures. What I find what I find is incredible photographers and I've seen them uh I saw I had a friend of mine who was a photographer and he used to do uh, photo shoots. But literally, he'd be like, and I went to meet him 
and he was finishing up a photo shoot and he's literally taking pictures and, and the girl's standing there and he's just like, all right, tilt your head a little bit like this. Now look up this much. That, and he goes, and now we're going to do this. And he goes, click. And I go, that's it. And he goes, then he sent me like weeks later, he goes, check out what it looked like. And I was like, what the fuck? And it's kind of like, and it makes me think of like movie directors who see a scene and they go, oh yeah, I know what this is going to look like when we're done. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. almost, and I think that that's, that's an art. something, yeah. and I think that's where you say to yeah. practice, keep yeah. practicing, because then you yeah. eventually start seeing things that maybe you just normally don't see. Yes. Well, so it's kind of a, a segue into the next, let's say, part of this conversation. So you have to, the camera doesn't see the world the same way you do, right? So you have a lot of peripheral vision. When you, the way you see the world is more of a like, a, like a, they call it like a fisheye lens almost, right? Like, because you see, you see a lot more than just in front of you. The camera only captures a certain portion, right also the focal length of your vision makes a difference right um like i'm sure people some people are born with more talent let's say of right, right off the bat but it, it just comes with practice mm-hmm. like i can like i can probably tell a lot better than before that you know that there's a particular let's say sh- shot that can be could look nice but I can easily tell you that something's not gonna look is not is not gonna look good, and I'm not even gonna t- try to take a picture because I'm not gonna look at it after. Even though it's a particular maybe a, an amazing scenery, but it's blocked off by like a, I don't know like a like a like a um, a lamppost or something, right? Or like a yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's it. So can you tell me? Uh, it's a two piece question. Can you tell me which one is your favorite photo? that you have and do you have also a favorite photo of a watch ooh um interesting i think i have a few favorite photos and you guys have been to my and, house and you can post this now on uh, yeah yeah you, you guys are, you guys have been at my house right i i i particularly yeah, i particularly like, like a few uh, a, a few photos and i think uh, i i usually try and print the ones that i like a lot yeah, I can remember you're pretty proud of your picture from Iceland, right? Yeah, well, I mean, Iceland was just a fantastic experience in general, but is, uh, Iceland provided that uh, situation where Scenery, right? you see like ridiculous colors everywhere. Almost, they almost look like unreal. Iceland, uh, Iceland is probably one of those. I, I mean, like, um, I was in um, I was in Scotland a couple of years ago. You know, that provided for pretty awesome scenery, and I think. Somewhere in the north of France uh, was very amazing too, like around the in Normandy near Saint Michel. Mm. Uh, you know, depending on the time of day, I've taken I've taken some pretty cool night photos in there. Uh, but yeah, like Iceland, I think uh, overall because that country just has like such ridiculous weather and the f- amazing scenery, it was so easy to find those moments that you can capture, like r- r- amazing. Also, we were there during the time in May, where because Iceland is so north that they have a polar day and polar night, right? So in the summer. They doesn't really get dark. We weren't there in May, so we was going there. So it kind of is dusk. So you had that golden hour time that lasted for like four hours, right? <laughs> mm. So like everywhere you look, it just looks amazing. Yeah. A- and um, I mean, I have a few pictures from my travels, like I said. I, I think that I also have a few pictures, um, you know, uh, that I've taken. And I think particular one, I was, um, um, I, was uh, I, th- uh, I was in New York, I think, with my parents. Uh, like I don't know five or six years ago and I just took a picture of them when they didn't know and I think my father was like uh, I think hugging my mom or something like that and it looked so like authentic so so real 
Mm. I'm not going to share this picture. This is, you know, this is going to stay private. Personal. <laughs> Personal for my family. It's because they were naked. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> oh. yeah. Times Square. <laughs> there are many this naked This was on their bucket list. <laughs> are you done? Yeah, yeah. And I'm then done. after the police and came I'm to crying. get us. And after the police came to get <laughs> Mom, us. Mom, can we stop doing this? <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, that was really good. And like I mentioned before, particularly because I like symmetry, I think the picture that I took of the uh, Ferris wheel in London there, it looks really cool. But I definitely say when I was in traveling seeing my brother and stuff there were moments that i wish i was a uh, <laughs> new more better yeah. new better because I, and i've even sent you guys i, I don't think uh, you were on that chat but I, w- I was in england about five years ago for my brother's wedding and i was i sent pictures of like i'm like check out this perfectly english street because i'm in the north i'm not even in a big city i'm in durham right i'm like in this little and there's like this little thing with like a red door and these like yeah, vi- yeah. and i was like check out this perfect english street and i remember that i was like yeah, now in retrospect, I was like, ah, I wish I had you know better gear and better. You wait a little bit until like that person comes off. Yeah, like, exactly. I the met frame, the person walk by. Passes, so the car passed and yeah. it was empty. I did. Exactly. I actually waited, and yeah. but I wish, uh, like I knew now. And then you but, compose to like, okay, I want the door to be in the bottom left corner. Yeah. I want this thing to be <laughs> yeah. here. I want to see the flag yeah. is like waving here too. Yeah. Right? So you kind of that's part of the composition. Yeah. Knowing Kevin, he didn't wait. He screamed like, no, "Hey, you fuck off!" No. <laughs> Hey, fuck off! <laughs> it's like, but I'm a I'm a policeman. <laughs> Get out of here, you old bitch! <laughs> exactly. And uh, know what I did? And uh, but I wish I had I had definitely known more than. Can you tell us a little bit about your favorite picture of a watch? Oh, uh, it's a it's a it's a tough uh, question. It's that one time that I used the watch as a. C- Wow. I, wait, sorry. Are you, you, are you? Okay, we'll leave that out. Leave that this out. is for the next You're podcast. On fire, man! <laughs> this guy's like. <laughs> This is for the next podcast. The, ne- the next, like, uh, yeah. the next uh, bonus episode. He's so excited because Carl's on vacation. Oh yeah, starting today. Oh, so three hours I'm off for a full week. Yeah, exactly. Look at he me. left and the fucking I'm, chair was spinning when yeah. he was done his day. <laughs> I'm quickly browsing as we speak through the um, uh, the watches, uh, the pictures. Of was the there watches. a watch? A picture of a watch? Maybe it's not even a picture uh, you took. I think actually, I think one of the coolest pictures I think is the one that we took outside when we took a picture of your Sega design. Uh, yeah, as great. we were With facing the sunset, the sunset. Yeah. so you can see through the watch and you can see the mechanism and you can see almost like the rays of light coming through the, the sun the, did we the post watch. this one? yeah we did we yeah. did have a look I, I think that's a pretty cool picture I think that's a pretty cool picture no, my favorite picture is your Vostok in water <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Just are you being sarcastic? B- or you're, you're no serious? it's because of the backstory. <laughs> may it rest in peace may yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah, I didn't mention that. My, <laughs> How about you tell us, Dima? You know what? I'm going to save that story for the next podcast. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So, see you next it's week, everyone. So, uh, I mean... Con Dios. <laughs> vaya, vaya con Dios. Vaya con Dios. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think that's it. Uh, so, did you... Um, did you? Could you suggest a camera that people maybe should, if you're just getting into photography, would be a good start? What would be a good budget? yeah. I mean, I'm not going to suggest a specific model because I'm not that knowledgeable, but I would say just don't go too far and don't spend too much. Right? There's no need for this. Uh, I think you, there's a lot of... Yeah, honestly, work, work I think... steps. Uh, a very expensive thing that doesn't really lose value for cameras, it's uh, the lenses. Mm-hmm. They're ridiculously expensive. I would suggest, if you, if, you're, if you don't mind, just go and buy yourself um, a used body like a used camera right because camera bodies they they lose value very quickly because there's always a new release every two three years whatever new tech but you buy a lens to accompany it but yes because there's a lot of lenses that are made for specific camera bodies right and the camera bodies maintains the same let's say standard so the lenses that even come out in the future they will still be compatible 
So I would say like go on the used market and buy. You can buy like you can buy cameras what that are, cost like two thousand dollars for like five hundred bucks. And what what's a good later. brand? A couple of good brands you would say? Um, they're changing a little bit. I would say Canon for sure. Canon is like the, the one of the biggest ones, right? Mm-hmm. Canon has a lot of cameras that are very good. Uh, Fuji. I have a, I have a Canon. I and have a, Canon yeah. has a lot of lenses. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Uh, I am kind of biased because I like Sony, I and I yeah. think Sony is right now for me killing it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm biased, right? So because I, I own a Sony, and the Sony has a lot of different. Uh, I used to own a Fuji. Uh, a Fuji is a very cool brand, right? That they were super into photography. Fuji Film, right? The brands yeah. that. I own a We're not looking at him crazily. We we know what Fuji is. Yeah, no, no, no. But, I meant, but, <laughs> but the reason I like said Fuji Film is because if you remember, they used to have yeah, um, um, those little disposable cameras. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Kodak. Yeah, and uh, Fuji Color. Have you heard? Remember Fuji yeah. Color? So mm-hmm. Fuji Color. They used to make uh, what's the word? Oh, Jesus Christ! Before before the cameras became uh, digital. Polaroids. No, before they became uh, disposable. Digital. No, no. But the thing that you used to in uh, film. Film. Film cameras. Jesus. Wow. Fuji Film. Oh, God damn. Yeah. Yeah, I, okay. I don't know. I, I, I've been like the whole time. I don't know anything about photography. We'll, we'll so, put this one. On, <laughs> we'll put this one on the beers. So, so uh, Fuji Film, right? They used to make uh, a lot of actual film, yeah. right? Uh, and there's there's a term Fuji Color. They're quite famous for for making really good film. So right. they're, when the cameras became digital, now they are making, they're producing cameras. They're very good. But the thing is, what they do is they apply um, specific color schemes to make photos appear as if they would if they were. Taking oh, okay. on their own film, and yeah. some of their like film was very good. So Fuji film cameras are very popular if you take JPEG photos. Okay, mm-hmm. because JPEG photos uh, they apply the particular let's say uh, um, color schemes on them, so they come out pretty. And some people are very purist in terms of taking pictures to it. I mean, it's kind of like driving a mechanical car; like they want to make sure that they take it's a, analog. Well. I mean, look, my first camera, I took a, I bought a Fujifilm uh, XE2, like, f- f- I don't know, eight years ago. Um, it was made to look vintage, and I, I wanted that. So I would say if I was if I was doing this all over again, I wouldn't go for the look at all. Because it, it looked nice. It looked cool, the camera. I wouldn't focus on that at all. I would focus on the camera itself. I'm surprised. That's yeah. a weird thing to hear from you. Well, but for the camera, I thought you would have been like, no, I want what's. There are limitations, though, because when you when you when you go for the look, when it becomes part of your decision making, you have to sacrifice something else. So I would say for the camera, the most important thing is the picture for me that comes out of that. Yeah, but people like with older camera with films, it's the the grain, the grain, mm-hmm. right, of the picture. But you can do it on post processing. I know, but you know, but it's a, it's, it's an idea, right? It's the same reason why we love mechanical watches. Right? It's an idea, and I'll I'll continue talking about like how when I bought my first camera, the Fuji film that I bought, it was made to look like an older rangefinder type of camera. Um, it had all of the controls, all of the main controls, put on the outside of the camera as like uh, wheels, right? So let's say if you wanted to control exposure, if you wanted to control ISO, if you wanted to control um, aperture. Uh, you would you have to rotate the wheels on the camera. You could also make it automatic, but it was a very good camera to learn, and I think that's a fantastic way for me to learn. And I, I, and I think I made a good decision in that sense, because having to learn uh, by being forced to, to kind of manually control all the aspects of a, a picture makes you a better photographer. And to be honest, like when I I have changed the camera, I bought a new one. Uh, the new one has a lot of options. You can put everything auto, but I like the manual process so much. It's kind of like driving a manual car because it makes me feel like I'm participating more in the creation of the photo. And so what I what I tend to what I realized that I thought because of all these different things you have with the aperture, the shutter speed, the white balance, the focus, the the uh, isolation, yeah. 
when when I was when I was playing with those different features, I find that for someone who's new and I was like I was new when I was starting to get into it, I found it very, it could be a little overwhelming at first. You look at the fuck am I doing? For sure. So what I would also do is I would take pictures and manipulate them, and then I think this is where we got fun is that okay, you go back to the auto and you see what it did. And then you kind of adjust. And so I would change this a little bit, but it kind of gives you that solid center to know what it is that uh, it would have done automatically. And you can be like, oh, I see why they brought that down versus keeping this up. Yeah. And, and I, I really enjoyed that about and it. And it all makes sense. It's just that it's hard to keep it, all in the, uh, keep it all in your head. It's kind of like when you golf, right? When you're about to swing, you need to think of what you're Everything, thinking, yeah. right? So it's the same thing. You need to kind of like process all of those variables at the same time. Like, hey, what is, what is it that I need to adjust to make sure that the picture appears better? And um, I would say, like, if you want to learn, just try to take the same exact picture with just different settings, play around, and see what's the difference. And then you'll understand. Oh, okay. Like, they're not that complicated, but I agree that it doesn't come out. It doesn't. It's not easy when you're starting to learn. Let's say how to take pictures. It's not easy to to know what is it that you need to adjust. And I, you know, I forgot many times. Like, because because I used to take a lot of pictures with manual controls. Sometimes I forget to adjust my exposure, and I I take pictures and I'm like, oh man, I didn't adjust it too much. It's too dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I take all of my photos raw. Non-JPEG. I don't use JPEG because mm-hmm. raw basically it's it captures a lot more details about the photo and the file size is a lot larger. But what it benefits, the benefit of that is that you can in post prod you can use a like a software. Yeah, yeah. You can Clean make adjustments mm-hmm. without the loss of quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people who don't know um, pictures as much, but maybe sound, the same thing with MP3 versus Wave. I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess, like I guess. Wave, right, it's yeah. way more. The right. file is way bigger. You have like way more range. Right. MP3 is way more condensed. You have, it, when you do adjustment, it's um, yeah. worse in it, right? Yeah. Now at event, we had a photographer, and we're like, send us everything, the raw files. It was insane. Yeah, yeah it could you be. know. And he goes, yeah, but I had all these cleaned up. Here they are in in, in yeah. JPEG or whatever you want to call. It. But but yeah, there's much more post prod. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I do the same it's thing. The whole art form. Because you never know, like. The picture might be great, but they're like, you know what? I wish it had a little bit more of that. And, and if it's raw, you can add that portion and you will not lose the overall quality at all. And then you can make your picture look, ex- instead of making it look good, you can make it look fantastic. Right. Um, so tell us um, what's like maybe something you wish you had, uh, you know, known when you started taking photos. You're like, ah, I wish I'd known that when I got into this. I uh, wish I, well, I mean, like maybe a, a mistake maybe you made or something. I mean, besides, besides you don't have enough time. Today? <laughs> like, <laughs> like during the podcast? <laughs> um, so many. <laughs> Wait, you guys are getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like I think one of the mistakes is I think I should Not have Not mistake, probably, maybe it's something you wish you'd well, known I wish, you I wish I knew better. I, I, think, mistake. I think I should have gotten into photography earlier than I did. Yeah, because there's a lot of. I mean, it's it's hard to like. I've never, I've never, I was never interested in this when I was a teenager, right? Uh, there's a lot of moments in your life that I think they were worthy of capturing that were good that you know I I have, but eh, they're they're just you know generic photographs, right? They would have been better if let's say if I was more into photography. And I gotta say, like right now when I travel, like ever since I've you know owned a camera, like. I go back to my photos and I look at them because, yeah, I think some some of them are fantastic. So I think one of those things is that I wish I probably I, I would have gotten into photography earlier mm. than than I did. Uh, and like if I'm thinking, it's like I think I got into photography when I was like 30, right? Jeez, 29. You old fuck. So, <laughs> um, but um, 
because you think you missed some opportunity to take pictures or just because you would like more um I think, think that will, there. I, I think that a good photo will age better. Meaning, like, it's not going to look worse. I mean, it will age as in, like, I will keep coming back for, to it. It's not going to get forgotten. Okay. That's pretty much it. And you know what? Like, just to give you an idea, like, um, uh, I have, everybody has, like, a, some sort of, like, a, a Chromecast or something, right? And if somebody who has a Chromecast will understand, you can, you can make Chromecast when your TV is on, but you're not playing anything. You can make Chromecast play, uh, like, a cycle full photographs in your yeah. Google Drive, right? So, I've done that. My parents ask me all the time, like when I come back from my uh, travels, like, hey, can you just like put like photos that you've taken and like, I don't know, like whenever you, whatever you went and whenever we have a TV on and sometimes it's it's fun to just have the TV on and have like a screensaver of photographs. I have that. My right. Apple, yeah. So yeah, so they like that. They, they asked me to kind of, yeah, just put it on. Like I went to, uh, like I went to Arizona, right? There was some amazing photos there. So it's nice. They, they always want to cycle and I, I'm, I'm the same. Like I, I like looking at pictures if they're good. But if you have... A child born now. So think about like your great grand, your great grandparents or your grandparents. All those photos are shit. <laughs> they're not even what smiling. Photo? What photo? Though, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like they're yeah. Yeah. they're all like in black and white. They're never smiling. And even when you we were kids, it's like oh here's an album, one album with pictures. That's it. Now my brother has kids. Those kids have like fucking eight million photos. I swear because I have half of them because he posted on this like chat. Those kids when they're older. And my brother decides to say, one. here's a hard drive, each of you, of pictures yeah. that are, here's like 50,000 pictures. Here's 100,000 pictures. Yeah. You so, know what I mean? Like yeah. every moment can be captured or the, even video. Like yeah. you can just capture the, everything. The, the newer generation will have pictures from day one. I don't think that's just spoiled. I think that's wonderful. I really, well, it's but, very exposed. It's out there, but it's really, it's really incredible. Yeah. Like you can have a baby and say, hey, you're 18. Here's, here's 80,000 pictures and video. I could show you a chronicle since the day you were born. To the day you became a teenager yeah. and told me to fuck off. Everything in between. <laughs> Everything in between. Yeah. And they all look like as if they were taken yesterday. Exactly. Because they don't age, right? Like I, yeah. I have a lot of photos that are paper printed, right? Like you can tell like it's a vintage photo. These, Digital they look down. like they were taken yesterday. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, in, in the future, we'll have like 20K cameras. So yeah. Like pictures yeah. From but like just to give you an idea, <laughs> like I have, um, I have recently, last year, I bought a, a new camera. I bought a full frame. So you have different types of sensors, right? Uh, like right now, I mean, for the consumer and a lot of pro photographers, the largest sensor you can get is a full frame. You can go to medium format, you can go to larger, but those are a whole different ballgame, right? Professional most, most Well, likely, I mean, look, a lot of professionals even use APS-C, which is like the a step lower than full frame. Yeah. A lot of people use full frame and, and the low. So, you know, professionals lose, uh, use, uh, use all kinds of uh, um, cameras. Um, even with the camera that I have, and I, I'll, I'll share, I, like I, I bought a Sony uh, A7, uh, which is a full frame camera, and I bought it specifically because I thought because that camera is the best of both worlds. It's it takes it takes uh, um, really really good pictures, and it also takes professional grade video. So, so if we ever venture into when you, when YouTube, you, we can always uh, leverage that. Yeah. What, what, so when you take pictures, is megapixels, and when you videos is in K, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the but K is the same thing. K is, K is the number of megapixels in square inch, right? Okay, I'm just asking. I don't know. I'm like if it's a 1080p, it's like 10, 1080 pixels per square inch. Yeah, no. And I don't think I so. is interlaced. I think that's it. I think well, it's pixels. I, I, 4K is 2640. And 1440 is 2K, right? Yeah. yeah. 4, 4K? 4K. 2K. 
No, yeah, 1440. 4K is 26 something. Yeah. And now we're 8K and now there's a new camera that was... But the content's not out in that. Exactly. So you get TVs now there's like... There's content out on YouTube at 8K now. No, but not, not regular content. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean. so, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You're, so, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, so 1080p yeah. is 1920 by 1080 pixels. Pixels, yeah. But it's not per square or anything. It's it's the total. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Total. And then I is when it's interlaced. It's not yeah, actually. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, that I'm not. That's, that's, that's done. Sure. So Explain. interlaced so it's, it's, it's died with 1080. Now it's no, LP. No, I know. I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's LP. Um, so, so yeah, 4K, megapixels. 5K, uh, yeah. Pixels is the same thing. It's a total number, uh, I believe, because it's because you have different. You More have different pixels, the less the uh, you know the, the sharper it will be. Well, y- yes, but pixels. More detailed. More detailed. Yeah, that's not necessarily because. Don't tell me what's. Because your let's say an iPhone has a lot of megapixels, but it has a tiny little sensor that's like 25 times smaller than my, the sensor of my camera. But I, my camera takes the same, same amount of megapixels. So you'll have a lot better, a lot sharper photograph uh, with the camera, though the number of megapixels is not as, as significant. Okay, yeah, it's a direct with the so quality. There's a, there's a connection there. Say it's yeah. megapixels and the sensor size. Uh, but just to give an idea, like the camera that I have, right? You can take a photograph of someone and then print it on a poster and put it on the wall of a building, like the size of a bus, right? Yeah. It will be perfect. Like it would, you would not be grainy or anything. Hmm. You can't, I don't think you can do that with like an iPhone unless the light is like the most perfect. Even there. Even then it's unlikely that you can do that. But that's right. the thing, right? Like, but f- for that kind of but stuff, we'll people go into medium photography. But we'll get there. One day, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Technology so going that's forward. what's so incredible, oh, sure. you know. It's, one it's kind of scary where you know where photography is going because all those things become uh, cheaper, right? Because like with a really crazy good camera and a lot of good light uh, and a very 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 big powerful sensor, you can take a picture and then zoom in so much that you can see people in the window. Like you well, don't even need to have a telescope, right? Well, right now we have satellites that can pretty much watch you, like. Mm-hmm. Masturbating in your backward, backyard and no, it's you, right? Why are you masturbating in your backyard? I don't no, have a backyard, backyard. I'm asking you. Why are you masturbating in my backyard? <laughs> Again, save it for the next episode, Carl. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Okay, next week. Next so, week. so yeah, that's it. So maybe I could, I can give maybe a little bit of a review of the lenses that I bought. It'll be sure. pretty quick. What I liked about them. I think it's, it's, it's really fun. One is the, the selling point of it, I think, is the portability. Is the idea you grab these lenses, you grab and go. And if I know I'm going somewhere and I don't want to carry around a camera or I'm, I'm shopping at watch shops or something like that. Because we always have our cell phone, right? We always have our cell phone. So I can attach these lenses to it. And please check out our Instagram because I did put some macro shots, which are pretty cool. I think I put my Seiko SKX macro shot. And it was really, really cool. So just a couple of things that I learned from it is... Um, so the 58 millimeter lens isn't quite 58 millimeters, I realized. So no, no it depends really on, your sensor on the phone that you put in. So it's approximately two times optical zoom. So I would say it's more 28 to 56 or 26 there's to a, 50. There's a calculation two. depending on the size of your uh, sensor in your phone. Right. But I think at the base, like it goes from 26 to like gives you a better, a, a better zoom. So the sharpness, I, uh, I, th- I thought that it was really uh, quite good. The image is sharp. Um, but I thought that the edges, it had some issues, uh, just a pinch of distortion that I noticed in the edges from the, um, the once lens I had itself? the lens on. Yeah. When you're, ta- when you're taking your pictures. So the central subject, it looks really good, but at the edge of the actual yeah, f- look, picture, look, there's some distortion. Yeah. Look, maybe if yeah. it's not in your options in your, on your phone. 
Well, I bu- I downloaded but the actual moment feature. app. I think it's a feature yeah. of, of yeah. like like lenses. fisheye, like like lenses. For example, uh, there's a there's guys. A it's huge, not a problem. It's huge difference from like a, a, a cheap lens versus an expensive lens is that especially if it's a zoom lens, right? The zoom lens, a zoom lens is a lens where you can change the focal length. Telephoto, right? No, no. telephoto is a specific focal length, uh, uh, but a zoom lens is the one that you can use to change. You can change the focal length in the same lens, like the one you turn. Right, and it zooms in. That's called a zoom lens. Everything else is called a prime lens. Yeah. So telephoto is basically a lens with a long focal length, like the ones that you see at sporting events. Right. The yeah. guy has like a lens with like an own handle. Right. Yeah. Uh, that lens could be like two hundred millimeters. What it does is that like you, you can really see very far. Uh, like. Fish. And then you could zoom in. <laughs> no, but that doesn't necessarily have to zoom in. But yeah. Yes, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. can for sure. You could. Yeah. A telephoto could. Yeah. You can have a telephoto zoom, but a. Uh, you can have like anything from fisheye. It's like a super short focal length, like yeah. I don't know, ten millimeters. That kind of makes you almost have like a peripheral vision, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then you gradually go to uh, thirty-five millimeter. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard that term, but the thirty-five millimeter is how a person experiences the world. It is how you see, because uh, uh, the more you go from fisheye to telephoto, it it distorts the perspective a little right. bit. It flattens the image. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. If you it, it, there's a, I'm sure you can find it on the internet. Like you go from a fisheye. If I can take a picture of a person, you see like the nose is huge, the ears are big, right? And then yeah. as you go into the telephoto mode, it flattens the face, and your face kind of looks, your your features look smaller. It, it looks better. There's they, when they take portraits of people, there's a yeah. reason why they use a longer focal length because people look better. Yeah, S- same thing with when you, people take car pictures. Uh, I was uh, looking at um, like a course how to take car pictures, and they say like. The best is to use a 140 millimeter. 41? 140. Oh, one, okay, 140. Okay. Yeah, like they were really far from the car. Okay, okay, okay. But he said, cool. like, the way that it shapes the uh, everything around the, the car, car and the car, the car looked like a superhero, right? You're so far, but like the distortion that creates to the cars, yeah. exactly. you see way more yeah. how it looks. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, there's like this, like, there's like a pin cushion distortion that happens around at the edges, right? And then that this like I, I, there there are a lot of terms. There's there's this term called vignetting. There's also this distortion. Yeah. Depending on the quality of the lens and the prices of some lenses are ridiculous. Like a good telephoto lens is going to cost you like five k. Oh, I've seen lenses like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's possible. It's just like you like for example, you buy a camera that's like two thousand dollars. A le- a good lens for the camera could be like three thousand dollars, right? That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, um. When um, um, when you look at the uh, when you look at let's say like a, a full frame, full frame basically they refer to full frame as a standard size, so the, the 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 biggest let's say consumer size for uh, sensors, where all of the uh, lens focal uh, focal lengths are not cropped. So let's say like a thirty five millimeter lens for a thir- for a full frame camera. It's a 35 millimeter camera. Yeah. Uh, lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, my previous camera was an APS-C, which is a crop sensor. It's a little smaller. So a 35 meter, millimeter lens for that camera is actually, let's say, an equivalent of like a 48 right. millimeter if it's a full yeah. frame. So because of a smaller sensor, it kind of zooms in more. So let's say if you have a lens for your phone that says 28, maybe it's an adjusted 28, like tw- adjusted for the sensor size. But if you get a 28 le- uh, millimeter lens for your phone with like a super small sensor, you'll build an equivalent of like a telephoto. Right. That just zooms in super far. So there's a lot of little, little stuff. Yeah. So the other, so we talked about the sharpness. Yep. Image quality. So here's my review. Uh, everything out of the way. It took good photos. And I'll, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. 
Um, Good photo from your eyes or from everyone who saw the pictures? No, I've, I've, I saw some of the pictures that I've taken. I saw some of the pictures that people have taken. I think a big piece of it comes into post-prod. I think people who understand also how to take pictures, they can fool people by using these lenses to say, yeah, this was taken with a, with a camera. Yeah, for this sure. Was, this was a, real, a proper DSLR camera. Watch what I'm able to do with this lens that was just added to my phone. So if anyone who knows what they're doing and likes the portability of it, they can, you can get some good images off these lenses. Like really, and, and, and some of the images sure. I found were remarkable. And even now that I'm starting to learn and I'm starting to be able to use some of the features on the app, I'm starting to post some pictures with it. It's, it's, it's looking better. So that's one of the things I take as a takeaway from the image quality. So what I liked about it is that I also, I'm going to say this as well because it's important to say, the product itself is good. The quality of the lens is good. The quality of the case is good. The, the product is a good quality product. They make nice, nice pieces of, um, of, of material, you know, nice lenses, nice, uh, the glass is beautiful. And I think it's really cool because it, it's fun. Um, and it can be a good stepping stone to learning what photography is all about. Yeah, for sure. Um, the lens is sharp. It's built to last. And um, I also think it's, it's, uh, it's something that's not really too well known to say, okay, we're going to start putting, trying to put some really high quality lenses onto the phone. But it doesn't go cheap. You know, uh, the case, everything all combined, it's a little bit less than 200 bucks. That gives you this whole package of two lenses, the case, a brush, the... Um, the carrying cases for the lenses, it, it's fun. So, I have to think that that is the 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 my review about those lenses. And but my biggest <laughs> challenges, which I wanted to share here, the biggest challenges I'm learning now about taking pictures, especially with watches. First one, fucking dust. <laughs> yes, your fucking product. Yes. I was reading, and the guy goes, uh, "I clean my my watch for about thirty minutes before I take a yeah. picture." I go, "What are you talking about?" But now I realize it because I, I go, I clean, I take a picture. But oh, yeah. there's a speck of dust there. Ah, oh, that's out of place. The hands should be ten two yeah. to d leave the date open and this logo open. Like I, I uh, just to add, fucking to that, dust. I have. I think I told Carl, but I don't know if I told you. But there's a picture. I took a picture of Carl's CWC a while ago, and I right. posted it on the Instagram. But yeah, oh, because I took I took armor. multiple pictures because yeah. I I flipped the watch to see the back, right? I spent a bunch of time in post prod because I found a lot of wrist cheese. Oh, one time per episode, the guys, one time per episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I can't I can't post this. The good old gram. So I I went and like, how filthy are you? No, but it wasn't it yes. wasn't it wasn't much. It was just like the standard amount of wrist cheese, but like. It's just you can't post that because <laughs> which, like which it like sticks out offensive. right a little bit. So I'm like, so I had to remove it, but you have to remove it in such a way that it, it it's not obvious that it was photoshopped. So I had to do it. And there's another photo that I took. I think that was very cool in terms of lines, right? Of <laughs> in terms of cheese, it is the uh, is the uh, the Murph. Yeah, I, I, and I tell you why I literally love that photo is because I love the lines here. And I love that same line. It's it perfectly parallel to the other ones that goes across the so middle of the, the watch. The Murph right? is sitting yeah, on it's a, perfect. So so the shadow on the watch where people are not on Instagram is. 11 to 5. Yeah. But I, um but but what I what I what I what I haven't told you is that when I went to 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 about to post that picture there was so much dust on the on that bracelet. little window mm -hmm. like on the window ledge that the photo was on that yeah. the watch was on. So I removed that all and you know it it like I I know how to use post prod so like it, you won't know it notices but there's a lot of little hairs and the other thing that I didn't tell you is that um this corner uh, wasn't as sharp as it appears. 
I've completely changed the corner to make oh, right. it look very sharp, to make it look like it just drops. It, hmm. it wasn't like this. Yeah. Right, right. So, like, it, it takes. So, But if you're really good at post-production, then you imagine with these lenses what you can do if you're good at photography. Yeah. And I think the last thing, um, the, well, another piece, and I'm looking at that Murph, another challenge I found, dust was one, reflections. Yeah. So sometimes I'm like, yeah. oh, what the fuck? I'm having trouble. Like, where? Okay, this is oh, not a good place like to be never taking Never be naked this. when you take a picture. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the <laughs> reflections, that was one of the... And as I'm learning photography, period, that's one of the things, I'm, and especially in watches, because holy shit, do watches give you reflections that can just ruin a picture? Yes. And I'm dust learning that is, a lot. Dust is one dust of them. I, I've ruined a lot of photos. Reflection, for sure. I've discarded a bunch of pictures that I've taken because I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, I see my own face and in the reflection. And, as especially, I'm taking and especially if that yeah. sapphire or whatever crystal they use is not anti-reflective, yeah. you're going to get a lot of reflection and glare and it, it is a pain in the ass. And uh, composition. So like, composition, Look yeah. at the background. Like I've taken a, a, a picture in front of my window and sometimes my window, because there's construction outside, you have like little specks of dust and I look at that, everything is amazing but then I see the dust. I'm like, oh, God damn it. Yeah, and I think that that's what I re appreciate now even more so because I'm starting to look at the pictures that people post of watches when they're really well done that I'm like, okay, they're, they're really thinking of every angle. They're, there's yes. not a speck of them. And yes. sometimes they make them seem like they're in abyss, That's why right? There's, there's nothing around them. You need to approach, them. let's say, a photograph of a watch with like, what do you want to, to see in your frame? Everything has to be composed perfectly. You can't just go like, hey, snap a picture of my watch, right? With like a bunch of crap in the background. It has to be perfectly set up. So I'm learning all that. Cleaning the hands, understanding to use a tripod, the right accessories, composition, the daylight, artificial light, my macro, I'm having a lot more fun with that. But the last thing that I've been re not only reading, but then doing is fucking practicing. Yeah. Just take a lot of pictures. Just take a lot of pictures. See Change what's, settings what's good. Take a lot so, of pictures. So while you're doing your practicing with your new lens and your phone and Dima was doing Photoshop to remove wrist cheese. <laughs> hey, you said it twice. You can say it next okay, episode. Okay, risk grime, risk grime. Um, <clears throat> I was looking at uh, for this episode since I didn't have many questions for Dima. Um, what a, what was a good watch for someone who's take a lot of pictures or his business is around photo photography, right? And I was reading online what a photographer is going to look into the wild beside like a nice scenery. And uh, Dima talked about it a bit earlier: the golden hour. So not conf not to be confused with the shower. Yeah, not the same thing. Not the same thing. Uh, yeah. So during the golden hour, right? It's I made the, the mistake once. <laughs> okay. Well, very very shocked I mean, that it was only photography. It was only <laughs> the golden hour. <laughs> there was no cameras. I was like, guys, what's going on? <laughs> what are you doing? Stop it. <laughs> I said no stop, pictures. Stop! Uh, stop! Stop! Oh my I mean, god! Oh my god! You're so bad! Stop! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Don't! I mean, oh my god! Is this really happening? Oh my <laughs> god! I mean, it is trial and error, right? Okay. Oh, oh my god. god! Now that you've learned, you won't do this again. Back to you, girl. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> we'll we'll like beat this whole section out. <laughs> no <laughs> no we'll keep it um, yeah so golden hour I was like is there any watch on the market that can help you find that golden hour not shower yeah uh, there's some um, and after that I was like oh maybe there's like watch inspired um, photography is inspired watches and yeah. uh, I found some and I was really underwhelmed 
They're a bunch of Kickstarter Indiegogo type of watch for like yeah, that they bucks. look like lenses, right? Yeah. They have like a weird oh, yeah. lens. Yeah. yeah, they don't give you time. <laughs> right. They give uh, you uh, hours. Yeah. So like, if people want to go see the brand of the watch I'm talking about that um, look like lenses, it's Tax. So T A C S. Yeah. Um, it they're affordable. Uh, they look like a lens. They don't give you time. <laughs> But they're like camera. They're like camera inspired lenses. Uh, camera inspired watches, right? Yeah. Uh, but that's for most stylist, stylistic version of it. Uh, I was really going for a tool, right? So there's Casio with their Protec line. Protrek, I think. No. Protrek. Right? Yeah. yeah sorry. Po Protrek. Po Po Protrek. Protrek. Po Po Protrek. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Shitty Rolling. Rock. <laughs> Why are you busting my balls, hands? <laughs> bust my balls, hands. Um, yeah, so the ProTrek line has uh, all those watches have a lot of sensors. Um, they're digital watches. Most Do of you them. have the name of the, the reference number? The one I was looking at is the PRW-30-1A. Um, so I didn't take most of the spec. They're affordable watches. You can find them between 250 to 500 Canadian. Uh, but what they do is they do give you sunrise, sunset. And they sync up with six different stations around the world so they can know more or less where you are and they give you the correct time and the correct sunset and sunrise. Sunset stations. That's interesting. Yeah. So you can always know when the sun's going to go out or in. But your I, picture. I know you're about to talk about another watch. Yes. I want you to talk about that watch because it is insane, everything that it offers. Okay. So the... Pro Trek line is a, the affordable version of giving you the sunrise sunset. Besides that, just to round it up, um, there's a it's a multi-band atomic timekeeping digital compass altimeter 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 yeah. altimeter barometer thermometer, all in the same watch, and they look decent too. So if you're someone who goes outdoors and the those things could help where? you, sorry, you go where out, out what's the word you say outdoors? Yeah, outdoors. Mm, I don't understand. No, I never heard like that. stay inside. You're inside cat. Inside. <laughs> inside Russian. <laughs> I'm an inside nine, Russian. Nine, nine. Well, that's not Russian. <laughs> so yeah, I think they're, they're good explorer watches that can give you a lot of information, especially if you do take a lot of pictures. They'll give you that golden hour timeline. Um, the other brand, I was looking into it and love the watches, hate the website. It's, yes. It's made by Apple. Yeah, because watches. it's one dude who makes them. Oh man, pay someone else, man. That website sucks so much. <laughs> oh my God. The brand was founded in 1999. The website too, man. It's the same thing. The worst website I've ever saw for a watch brand. You're not, you're not talking about Long Island Watch, right? No. Yes, watches. Okay. The, the brand is called Yes. Watches. Yes, watches. Yeah. And Very uh, easy to find on Google. Yeah. If you just type yes. <laughs> but the, the watch, and you know what's funny? I almost bought myself this watch, but Why? I couldn't. What? Why? Because it's so fucking weird. Yeah, it was, it makes that was me think weird. of like there's, Arizona. There's four, and all of the like uh, all of the. It's a 24-hour uh, dial with tritium tubes. It is a sunrise alarm symbol. It is a 24-hour analog hand with tritium tubes. It is a dot matrix dot display. It shows the lunar high noon, sunset, evening twilight, the moon phase, twilight. the moon set. The AM, PM dial, solar midnight, morning twilight, sunrise, a 24-hour day-night bezel, moonrise, and the zenith. And there's 17 different Can I ask configuration you know? for the bezel. <laughs> yes. I, 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 I've, I've seen a side shot. Yep. They look like they're like thick. five centimeters thick. Yes. Oh, yeah. So when, when you get to that level, it's in meters. 
Seriously, it's in ounces or like pounds. Yeah, no, the, like, it's, it's pounds and meters for the sizing, but the case is 48 millimeters. Yeah, Why yeah. is it so... What's what's in there? What's uh, Everything. Why is it so thick? <laughs> no, but it has a movement that's able to give you a significant amount of information. Yeah. So really... It, and it, it's proprietary it, to them, right? It gives you solstices, equinoxes, the cross-quarter dates. It'll give you how the year progresses that way. It'll talk to you. Uh, well, not talk to you. It'll tell you when the moon's supposed to rise. When's the true sunrise? So, the true sunset. When um, it, it's 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 pretty cool in terms so, of all uh, the features. Basically, that provide. everything that a Vacheron Constantin super complication gave me. Give me. Well, <laughs> yes and no. So, but for a fraction of the price, <laughs> yeah, they they go for more or less a thousand dollar Canadian. Exactly, uh, but, but it's like one dude in California who really likes making watches that made this, right? That's pretty yeah. cool. So the reason that he made that watch is he was on vacation in the Caribbeans, and yeah. he oh, wanted like the to, Daniel Wellington guy, right? He wanted to go out at the sunset and enjoy the sunset, but he had a hard time to figure out at what time it was. So from that, he said, "Well, I'll build a watch that is going to give me that information." That was the like stepping stone of that brand. <laughs> So that's why I choose it. But like there's a bunch of more things. Cool. Like you said. I think it's really cool. Yeah, it really has cool. 587 cities worldwide that have been pre-programmed in the watch. Not anymore. That's the world watch you're talking about. Now the new equilibrium, it's 650. Wait, jeez. Just, just, <laughs> just and it can be set by latitude and longitude. Yep. It's cool. Like just to add one thing, I, I, like just, just the, the, the concept of being able to know when's the sunrise and when's the sunset the is sunrise. super useful for like yeah. for somebody who likes it who's a photographer because you often wait for those times before you go out and take pictures yeah that's why he brought it up yeah, yeah so the yeah. just to like just go into a bit of the movement um it's what well, it's a quartz but it's uh, minus plus one second a month and for the lunar phase it's seven and a half minute precise okay that's amazing yeah <laughs> so we can know exactly where the moon is seven and a minute Seven and a half minute. Precisely. I think it was on Indiegogo and you could get the watch for like 600 bucks. Yes. And the Indiegogo, um, um, what's, it, what's, the, what's the name of that? It's, um, it's like a Kickstarter thing. Yeah. But the name of the action of doing that, it's a um, fundraiser. No, it's a crowd raising, crowd, fundraising, yeah. fundraising. Crowd, yeah. Anyway, so fundraising. It's fundraising. Uh, it just did one for uh, bezel inserts. So yeah. now there's like 17 different bezel inserts for that watch. And you could choose. You want timer, you want a 24-hour hand, you want yeah. countdown, you can do whatever you want. But it's a really awesome watch. Cool. So I Very think cool. it's uh, time to unwind this episode. Yeah. It's time I to wind it down. I hope you enjoyed the, the photography tangent. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. I really liked your, uh, your play there, Dimitri. So let's wind this down. I think that... Uh, uh, let's wind this down. So guys... Follow us on the Big Black Clock official Instagram. Please comment on the pictures that are there. Also, feel free to write to us, bigblackclockteam at gmail.com. Send your suggestions and ideas. And for everyone out there... Hate mail. That's to Carl. For me, it's hate mails and dick pics. Dick pics and hate mail to Carl. Through the Instagram. Suggestions, endorsements uh, to me. Uh, okay, man. I don't know. Guys, stay safe out there, and we'll cool. see you on the next one. Ciao. Take care, guys. Bye bye.